back to Walk On Weekly. Here are your hosts, Sam Hoiberg and Jeff Grace III on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into the Walk On Weekly. Again, I am Harrison Arns running the board. We got the host, Jeff Grace III and Sam Hoiberg across the table in special of the Nebraska basketball roster studio here with us but uh before the break you told us you were a pelicans fan i'm just kind of curious uh the story behind becoming a pelicans fan is it just solely because you're a brandon ingram fan or where'd that start largely due to the fact that i'm a brandon fan also a cj mccullum fan um one of the one of the only guys one of the few guys in the league who still score from the mid-range um i love brandon ingram's game been watching him since high school and yeah i've been following following wherever he goes are you a demar Derozan fan too then DeMar DeRozan. I love DeMar DeRozan, yeah. Yeah, because I just, when I look at Ingram, I see DeMar DeRozan and Brandon Ingram. DeMar DeRozan, obviously a little bit more athletic, but their game to me is really similar. That mid-range, kind of ISO, tall, lanky, yeah. awkward forward, like just a tough matchup overall. Yeah, well, I, I catch myself some nights just watching DeMar DeRozan highlights because it'll be like, it's like a 10-minute highlight tape of just him scoring in the mid-range. <laughs> yeah. So, Debo. Yeah. Yeah, and those are so satisfying too because he's, um, I will say, I'm going to ask you guys this. Who would be the most frustrating player to guard in the NBA? Steph Curry. Steph Curry? Paul George. Because you got to run and stuff. You for sure Steph Curry. Okay, number two. Just from what other guys say, it's got to be Steph. Actually, yeah, it has to be With Steph. the conditioning, too. Yeah, and you uh, have to be in shape. We've talked about time, but it's Steve Kerr's offense. That ball is moving. So yeah. that's going to be a lot of off-ball screens. You're going to be working around. And Steph Curry's known for just kind of being that off-ball pass that's going to get around. So, okay. I'll Second. restructure it. Yeah, okay. Here we go. In isolation, who would you least want to be matched up with? That's a better way to put it. Isolation. I mean, everybody in the NBA is a, well. A lot of guys in the NBA are good, great isolation scorers. So, pick I, one. I say Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is definitely one of them. Yeah, you can watch your ankles on that one for sure. I, th- yeah. I think De'Aaron Fox might be the hardest to guard. Nah, stay in front of. You're not going to stay in front of him, but his shot is getting better. But you can't really. Yeah, I guess you can. Back up a yeah, little bit. Gotta, but... That's going to be what you're going to die on the shot because he's going to get to the basket if you if you play him straight. Yeah, I was going to say he's kind of in the same realm for me as like uh, John Morant. Like you're just kind of backing up, hoping they shoot it. And that's like your best chance. If you they're going to blow by it, if you get John Morant into shooting. Yeah, yeah, beat John Morant into shooting. No, I was reason about that because I was when I watched Demar Derozan, I think of him as one of the most frustrating players to guard because he has so many highlights that you're talking about where it's like he'll just triple pump fake. The guy doesn't bite anyways, and he still just goes up and shoots it and somehow gets an and one off of it. He's got to have more and one mid-range jump shots than any other player. Yeah, those guys that are just elite pump fakers, like mm-hmm. especially when they like go into the shot like off the dribble and pump fake, those are really annoying to guard. Like Kese is really good at that. Austin yeah. Reeves in the NBA is really good yeah. at that as well. If you really bite if you right in, if you bite on Kese's pump fake, he's just doing that little stupid floater that he makes every time. <laughs> With the step through, yeah, I know exactly what you're the, talking the about too. Through, yeah, there's for, games you see it all versus Maryland, and it was like it was like a viral clip. He just pump fake and the guy flying, and just did like a mid range floater and swished it. That's how it's got to be, though. I mean, anytime you see those those uh, young, or I shouldn't say young, those smaller guards in the NBA or in the D one Power Five, it's like you you got to understand they're gonna have some tricks in the bag, right? Like they've been playing undersized for a while. They they know how to kind of get you up in the air and get around you. Um, so we got Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan. Now, I want to ask you is this. We've talked a little bit before, but now we got Bryce, Pelicans fan in the building. How do you guys feel on the outlook for the Pelicans this NBA season? If Zion chooses whether he wants to play, they'll definitely be a playoff team. If not, 
I don't know because, you know, Brandon Ingram still never plays like over 60 games. Yeah. He always has some type of injury, maybe due to his um, brain, but it'll be tough. CJ McCombs getting old, but if Zion plays, he's going to be a force. He's going to be top five power four, whatever you want to rank him at in the league because he just has that ability. What do you think in Zion's case, like as a basketball player, obviously we don't know all these stories in and out, but you know, what has been the reason for him? Do you think it's a conditioning problem? Do you think it's just bad organization management where they're not really keeping good tabs on everything? What? The whole Zion thing's bewildering because you said it when he plays, he's an absolute force. He's got crazy high efficiency. But you know, what to you kind of what's your best guess as to what happened in that entire process where the guy's just never hitting the court anymore? Um, I feel like you have to he has to look at himself and you have to approach the game as a professional. Um, first starting with your body. Um, I don't think his mind's in the right area right now. He might have just lost focus. I mean, he got hurt a little bit and then I guess he just got comfortable and was like, I'm just going to chill for a little bit and take my time. But at the same time, these people are paying you hundreds of millions of dollars um, investing into you. So I think you should go out there and play play like you can, if you can. I'm not going to say he's he's playing. I'm not saying he's sitting out because he wants to. But right. He needs to come back out there, get the weight <laughs> under control, stop eating at all the soul food spots down there, and just, you know, get on the treadmill. I think, uh, I think part of it is like, they obviously took their time with him because he's a generational prospect, but he had that weird foot. Was it a foot injury yeah. his first year? And they probably just told him, like, we're not going to rush you. And I think he kind of just started relaxing, yeah. which I really hope the Spurs don't do with Wemby because they're obviously going to – any little thing, they're going to sit him yeah. down. Yeah. And hopefully that he doesn't start relaxing like that. People are saying Wemby's um, ceiling is JaVale McGee. Or not Javel McGee, uh, uh, Javel McGee too, but uh, Porzingis. Terrible. You know, everybody That's thought Porzingis take. was going to be a, a, a generational talent, like a unicorn, unicorn kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you get that. He can dribble like Wemby. I don't know. Wemby's weak. I like him. Seven, yeah, but seven, he's five. young. He is. He is young. But imagine him like having to guard Joel Embiid. It's over. Right now, do you guys like Chet Holmgren or Victor Wembanyama more? I like Chet Holmgren because he got bigger. Yeah, Chet had a year to get under his belt. Just sure. picture like Wemby's gonna get that same thing. But and... you're not gonna score on Wemby. You're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna score. Can't on. even score on him in 2K. Yeah, nah. Yeah, Wemby to me is a year two, year three guy. Yeah. Just because he's still like, uh, even if kind of the shooting, I'm curious to see if that comes along for him. Uh, we talked about before, but obviously in France, that three point line scooted up. NBA scooted back a little further, but I mean during those, uh, during what we've seen, has been too big of a problem for him. I, I think it's just going to be a strength thing. He does get knocked off his route if he goes to the rim and you give him a little bit of a hip check, he kind of will go flying. Still, he doesn't have the strength. Um, but yeah, I'm honestly kind of excited to see Chet Holmgren, Victor. I don't know. I, I just see these unicorns come in all the time. They're supposed to take over the game. Kind of Kristaps Porzingis didn't happen. You go back to Ralph Sampson, same thing didn't happen. There's all these guys that year after year they come up and they just don't really stick. Um, is there any else that you players that we might be sleeping on that are either young players or players that have kind of been in the system like a deer and Fox that or Anthony Edwards that this year you're really expecting them to kind of take over and have a monster season? Paolo, Paolo, Paolo for sure. He's a unicorn. Yeah, he's and been he's, playing really he's, good. In he's the stocky too. But also, Brandon Ingram is a unicorn. Like he's yeah. an all star. He's mm-hmm. kind of in the KD realm, but you know, KD's the greatest of all time scorer. Yeah, but Brandon Ingram, he has that similar game. You know, they're both seven feet tall, which is crazy. Yeah, that's always another one that we were talking about this, like when you're doing these all these player 
uh, comparisons. Kevin Durant's another one that gets thrown out there a ton. Um, and yeah, I, I hope so. But Kevin Durant is just going to be a uniquely amazing shooter until anyone gets close to that. Victor, I don't ever see any of that happening. Same thing with Chet. Uh, Brandon Ingram's got a shot, but it's just kind of running away from him already. It's getting down the road. I'm just kind of out on Brandon Ingram just because he hasn't shown it before. Unless Zion comes back, he could have a monster season, but it's going to be way too easy to lock up on him and CJ McCollum. That's really all you got to worry about. Other guys, Jeff, do you have one? I like Paul Mancaro, though, because he's already – he looks ready. I was thinking maybe Jonathan and Kaminga. Okay. Uh, with Chris Paul coming in and, and like, kind of, like, providing that, like, old, like, self of his uh, will kind of, like, allow him to grow since he's so young. Like, he, just getting a feel for the game, I would say. So, like, I could see it potentially, like, being into, like, that role of, like, that second unit that they need. Absolutely. I was going to say Dylan Brooks on the right. No, I'm just kidding. It's like me. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. Poole might have a big season, too, playing with the Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards. Nobody's, nobody's there to you know, take his shots or anything. It's basically his team. I think that's a good one. Yeah, Jordan Poole. No one's uh, really been talking about them too much, obviously. Uh, the Warriors, you know, with Jordan Poole gone, what's your guys' timeline on the Warriors? Like, how important is this season for them to get it right? Because if it doesn't happen this season, I think that's you. You actually have to start looking about moving some pieces around. Yeah. Um. I don't think they're going to have enough. You know, Curry's getting old. I mean, he's not he's, slowing down though. He's not slowing down, but you. But now they have Chris Paul, who's not going to play in the postseason because he always has hamstring problems. That's um, facts. <laughs> Kaminga, I don't expect. I expect him to take a jump, but at the same time, Kaminga's not the player that you would. He's not a second or third option on that Warriors team. Even though the Warriors will be good, they have the best shooting team ever. <laughs> um, still, so I'll definitely be on the watch for them. I think. I think a smaller market team is going to blow up this year. Kings. 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 I like that one. You said that before, and I, I think I'd actually stick with you on that one. Just because last year we got to see a slice of it, but De'Aaron Fox is kind of becoming something. Yeah. He's he's. I don't know what he is yet, uh, but it, it's special. So, and Sabonis just needs a like, mid-range jumper, and they're mm-hmm. unguardable. With him. Cause he, he averaged almost 10 assists a game last year. Yeah. And Keegan Murray's going to keep getting better. Malik Monk is a stud. They got a chance. They do. They got some nice pieces. And Keegan Murray, again, you just named all those guys. All those guys, I think it's safe to say none of those guys are close to their ceiling yet. And I think that's what makes that team scary. But nonetheless, uh, it's been a good show. And shout out to Bryce Williams for joining us here today on the Walk On Weekly. That's Jeff Grace the third, Sam Hoiberg across the table. I'm Harrison running the ones and twos. This has been the Walk On Weekly. Up next, we got Nuclear Heat with Jake Bakovin. Tune in next week. We'll see you guys later.